Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. We are doing the top 10. Last week, we did the top 10 best movies of 2018. And this episode, we are doing the top 10 worst movies because for every Avengers Infinity War, there was an epic fail. So we are going to do that. I have a feeling it's going to be a great episode, which you guys know I say all the time, but that's okay. Uh, Ryan and Kevin could not be with us this morning, but that is okay because I have two Fabulous guest, I have Leo Rydell. Welcome, Leo. Leo hey, everybody. Being muted, as usual. Um, but great. It's going to be a great conversation, y'all. Like, there are some terrible stink bombs this year. Let's, let's just mess them up, y'all. Let's just go all in on how terrible these movies are. Absolutely. We're going to rip into it. And I know that our other guest, Brittany Hegel, is really excited to also rip into some bad films this year. Right, Brittany? I'm just feeling salty this morning. I need it. Let's have a good vintage session. (laughs) I feel like that's exactly what it's going to be like. But uh, as usual, even with our top 10 best, there were a few on there that we disagreed with. So I'm sure that's going to happen this show and I think we should just kind of jump right into it so we're going to do again if you're just listening in this is the top 10 worst movies of 2018 I should throw out there that this both includes uh what was in the theaters and also on streaming services like Netflix because we all know that Netflix puts out some real bad movies I just don't know why they can't Seem to get it right, so let's start with our top 10. I'm going to do ladies first. Brittany, what is your number 10 choice? My number 10, because it wasn't exactly awful, but it was pretty bad, was Pacific Rim Uprising, mostly because I loved Pacific Rim, the original one with the kaiju, giant robots, and as Tia knows, I love giant robots. But the thing with Pacific Rim Uprising was that it was like, we're doing a cash grab for giant robots and nothing else in it. And as for, like, following the original one, it it kind of went off on its own thing. Like, I'm a little salty because there was this character named Chuck that died at the end of the first one. And then the second one, they're like, oh, look at all these great heroes that died in the first one. He's not there. Half of the ones aren't there. It was pretty bad. Um, As I was looking at lists for what they listed as uh, bad movies in 2018, Pacific Rim Uprising was definitely on that list. And I I saw it, 
Um, I just don't think I liked it very much, and that's why probably I don't even remember seeing it, honestly. But, Leo, what's your uh, what's your take on Britney's number 10 choice? Uh, that was going to be my number 10, so I'm glad to hear uh, we're all on the same page so far. Um, it was a, that was, you know, the first one had a, one thing that really made it a lot better than the second one, and that's character. Um, the first one, you know, Charlie Hunnam, and first of all, I mean, just the cast is pretty powerful. I mean, Charlie Hunnam and um, Idris Elba together on, on screen, that's a big, big powerhouse, but even their characters just had a lot more heart. They had a lot more intention. They had purpose. I feel in this one, I mean, John Boyega's character just kind of stumbled into the mess. And it was just kind of like, oh, hey, like, we know you don't like fighting for, for, for truth and justice, but you should come do it just because you're, you know, you're bored. And that's kind of how it all started. And I thought that was a kind of a dumbfounded character idea. And throughout the whole movie, most of the time, all he's doing is complaining about how much he doesn't want to be there, how much, you know, this program ruined the relationship between him and his father. I just thought it was kind of, like you said, Bernie, a cash grab. I just didn't think it was had any heart. I didn't think the characters really had good interactions with each other till maybe the very end. Um, and the weird, like, evil robot thing was really weird because I was like, all right, aren't we going for the kaiju we could have done this at the beginning of the movie if we're going to make the actual, like, robots themselves uh, evil. And they decided to throw that in the middle of the movie to jumble everybody up. And I just thought it was really stupid, to be honest. Like, I thought it didn't have anything solid going for it. I thought, again, the characters are really dry, have really stupid motivations. And the whole, like, robot thing was just kind of a dumb throw-in. Uh, if you're going to do that, wrap the kaiju and have them be, like, fighting against each other. That would have been pretty dope. But and then, the, yeah. and then the final kaiju was, like, a letdown. Like, I was like, oh, great, another giant Godzilla clone, as if we <laughs> haven't seen something like that before. So, eh, it was just, it, it wasn't there at all. I think that what got me the most about it is I'm like, maybe if you would have done like a prequel with like the human race just first dealing with the kaiju, but the thing was is that they threw it into being a sequel where it's like, oh, by the way, there's this prodigy, but he's not using his full ability, but by the way, he can do anything, and you know, boohoo my daddy, but it's like, dude, your dad like sacrificed his life to save the entire world, and you're still salty. And you're mad about that? Like, your dad was a hero, a hero, and you're mad. I, I just, I couldn't get behind all that. Like, that was just kind of bad writing, if you ask me. And then they changed yeah. the director. Well, as you guys are talking about it, it's definitely coming back. I saw this movie, but that's how, like, unrememberable it was. It was just bad. It was... <laughs> a bad sequel and it totally did not pay homage to the original at all. As I think both of you say perfectly, it was a cash grab, which we see a lot in movies these days. So I think uh, Brittany Pacific Rim Uprising is the perfect way to start this off, especially since it was Leo's as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's good that we're all 
same page for the first one. So for number nine, I'm going to switch it over to Leo and see what his is. Oh, I thought you said ladies first, Tia. Didn't want to be rude. Well. But, um, <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go for number nine. Uh, He's uh, our honorary woman. <laughs> exactly. Oh, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm flattered because <laughs> women are going to rule the world one day. Uh, anyway, um, my number nine is Mile 22. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that one. It had uh, Marky Mark and Lauren, Lauren Cohen in it, and it just it sucked. I just want to start out by saying you do not put Ronda Rousey or any other UFC fighter in an action movie and not give them a fight scene. I'm like, how? How are we really doing this right now? Where we're have, we have we're chasing down this guy, we're trying to get him through this 22 mile stretch, and Ronda Rousey does not get one fight scene. Okay, I, turn off, instant turn off. So Ronda Rousey didn't get a fight scene. That was strike one. Marty Mark's character is a huge, huge prick for like no reason. So the whole explanation behind him being a dick is the fact that he's got some kind of brain disorder that makes his brain process things a couple seconds faster than everyone else. So because he can do that, everybody else is behind, and he talks to them like they're dumb. And I just thought it was really dumb. Like, I was just like, uh, I don't know if I could get behind Marky Mark being a dick just because he's smarter than everyone. And to slow down the crazy brain jumbles, he would snap a rubber band on his fist like he was – a meth addict or something. I'm like, dude, come on. Are we going to start snorting coke in the movie? Are we doing heroin? What What's going on? Um, So that was really dumb. And then when it got down to, like, the movie trying to be serious, I couldn't take it seriously because I'm like, oh, is Marky Mark going to snap his rubber band again? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ronda Rousey's not going to get a fight scene, so why should I even pay attention? And then there was – I cannot remember the name of the guy's uh, – the, the actor – he was an Asian, an Asian actor that was in the movie, and he was the only good part of the movie because um, his choreography was on point. I'm pretty sure he was the one doing his own stunts. Um, he was he was really kicking ass. His character had motives. He had he had a reason for doing what he was doing. But everybody else just sucked. Um, and Marky Mark was just the biggest douche ever. And I was like, are we supposed to like this guy? Because he's not very likable at all. It just that movie was a mess. Um, like, if you have Marky Mark, you have Lauren Cohen, you have Ronda Rousey, you've got some, some good cast members. It's kind of weird that it ended up being such a crap movie. Um, it's like two hours of nothingness. And I'll admit, they, they, like, get to a certain point in the movie where they have to deliver the man um, to to this airplane. It, it's some complicated stuff, y'all. I can't even really remember um, but the reason why it's called Mile 22 is because it's this 22-mile stretch um, that they're delivering this man through. And it was just – it was there was like a couple of gun blazing scenes, but it was very, I don't know, just a letdown. It, it, it wasn't nearly as, as great as they had pumped it up to be in the trailer. Like I just – I imagined guns blazing at that point. From now on, we're just guns blazing, chasing, running, like, and it was just – a lot of stops, a lot of pitter patters, a lot of, oh, Marky Mark has to go save Lauren Cohen. Like I just, I don't, and I don't appreciate my movies when the guy always got to save the chick. Like, come on, man, y'all know better than that. 
So I don't know. I just this movie is definitely number nine for me. I don't know if y'all checked this one out, but I thought it was gonna be a great action thriller, and it turned out to be Marky Mark on drugs, snapping rubber bands, and Ronda Rousey not getting any fight scenes. I remember seeing the trailer for this and deciding that I didn't want to see it just because it had Marky Mark in it. I know that sounds sad, but I just don't, I don't know. I didn't really want to see it because of him. It looked at, and I just looked, that guy that you said was doing his own stunt scenes, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, like Eko Uwais, he was in the raid. So, um, you know, at least they had him doing his own yeah, at least I had him doing his own stunts. But uh, now that you're saying that it was pretty much a bad movie and that I really have no desire to see it, Brittany, have you seen Mile 22? I was going to say, I haven't seen that one, but I feel like I watched the trailer for it, like you said, where you're kind of like, I don't think I really want to watch that. And one, for me, I'm not overly crazy about watching, like, WWE fighters or UFC fighters, like, enter the acting scene because normally the first few are not that amazing so that was kind of like a first turn off and then two I was going to say it sounds like a lot of like you wanted your heart to race like you were doing a sprint not doing a brisk walk (laughs) (laughs) for real yeah so right. even hearing about it I'm like I don't I'm not crazy about even trying to sit through that one I mean, let me let y'all know. I'm like an action movie junkie, so I like seen the trailer for that one. I was like, okay, there is some cheesy looking shit, but like, yo, it got really serious at one point in the trailer when they were like trying to, when they were ducking behind cars and trying to, you know, shoot down whoever was hunting them. I thought that part was like, okay, this can get, this can get there, and it just never did. And just, it just never delivered. I'm sure that uh, a lot of people would probably agree that Mile 22 was a letdown. I don't hear anyone talking about, hey, hey, you should go see Mile 22. It was a great movie. So, no. All right. So, number nine is definitely going to be Leo's Choice, Mile 22. I'm going to take the number eight slot, and I'm going to do a Netflix movie because, as I said previously, they Uh-oh. just, for some reason – can't hit the mark. I don't know if either of you guys have seen this. It's not going to be one that was, like, so talked about, but um, it's called Mute. And it had Alexander Skarsgård starring in it. And my whole thing was that it came out a little bit after the show Altered Carbon came out. And when I saw the previews for it, it takes place in this futuristic dystopia and it felt very similar to Alter Carbon, and because I had gotten really into that show, I decided, let me check out this movie. And it's Alexander Skarsgård, Paul Rudd was in it. I decided, let me see it. It just felt very, it was so lackluster. You had Alexander Skarsgård seeming very, and I, I don't know how else to describe it, he was very pathetic in the movie. You have this guy who's like, what, six foot four, six foot five. He should be kicking ass. And the whole, so the whole concept is they live in this future, right? The whole thing is very, you know, flying cars, this, that, whatever you would imagine, very futuristic Blade Runner type 
deal. And he, his family is a very, like, religious Amish type people. So when he was a child, he had a accident that caused his vocal cords to get slashed. And the doctors could have repaired it, but because his family was so religious, they decided to not do anything because they didn't believe in, like, medical science. So he is mute. That's why it's called mute. He can't talk. But he still has, like, this girlfriend, but there's, like, this mystery about her, and she goes missing at some point. So he has to go and search for her, and you find out that she knows some really bad people. And and that kind of got all really confusing at some point as to who this girl really was. Did she ever really like him? Did she not ever really like him? It was just really, really confusing with that. And then you had... Paul Rudd in it, who was essentially, so this takes place in, like, future Germany, and the whole thing is that there was, like, a war, so a lot of Americans, like, fled to Germany for some reason, and Paul Rudd is, like, an expatriate just living out in Germany, and he's really the only interesting character, because he plays an absolute dick in this movie, and I'm not used to seeing <laughs> I'm not used to seeing him in that role because you're like, it's Ant-Man. He's so nice. We love Paul Rudd. And it's like, no, he's yeah. an asshole. But, but, but he plays it, like, really well. Like, him, his whole deal in, in it was good. He was good. But then he has this friend, and they kind of alluded to the fact that maybe him and his friend at some point had had, like, a relationship with each other, but they never, like, fully talked about, but they're still friends and they work together, but I think, like, the other guy kind of still likes him in that way, and Paul Rudd is like, dude, it happened, like, years ago, get over it. But then at the same token, you kind of find out that the friend is, like, a pedophile, and it's really uncomfortable, and and this guy keeps having these, like, long emotional... Yeah, yeah, and and this guy has, like, these long emotional speeches in the movie, and you're like, I don't want to hear from you. You're a pedophile. Go away. And at some point, Paul Rudd does find this out, too, and he even threatens him because he's like, I have a kid, and I don't want you anywhere near near this kid, and you need to stop being around kids. But, okay, let's just keep doing our work. And I'm like, what? And then then Alexander Skarsgård just wasn't – good and it's not at all what we expect from him especially since probably prior to that I had watched the show Big Little Lies where Alexander Skarsgård was just a monster in it but he was good at it and to see him just not it just felt like he really wasn't giving such a good performance in Mute it really it felt like to me and I'm just the last I'm going to say of it it felt like to me they were just trying to capitalize on the whole futuristic deal because, again, prior to that, Altered Carbon had hit Netflix. We had the sequel to Blade Runner, so I think they were just trying to put out another movie that took place in the future because there really was no need for it to take place in the future. It added nothing to the story. So for me, number eight is going to be the Netflix movie Mute. Um, Leo, have you seen Mute at all? No, because when I seen the previews for me, it looked like a Blade Runner ripoff. And I was like, ah, you know what? I think I'll just let this one be and see what people are saying about it. And, oh, what do you know? A lot of people actually compared it to uh, Blade Runner and called it like a shitty, shittier Blade Runner. Um, it, it drew my interest 
initially, but just the more clips I saw of it, I don't know. I just I I had some bad feelings and was like, you know, I think I'll skip this one, maybe save it for a rainy day and never got around to it. Um <clears throat> but it sounds like torture. Uh, it sounds like a pretty bad <laughs> movie that had a lot of potential and What's a little weird yeah. is that I found a little note. Um, Duncan Jones was directing this one. He said it was a spiritual sequel to his film Moon. I don't know if you, either of you ever saw that one. It came out in 09. About no. a space explorer. Kevin Spacey's in it. Um, and it's just, I'm like, dude, how did, how does that set up to be a sequel? That's kind of odd because it doesn't seem like it's in the same timeline. But eh, I throw it on the worst. I, I trust you. Sounds like it's a pretty crappy <laughs> sci-fi film. I thought you were going to say uh, Cloverfield Paradox, and I was ready to rip that one up. <laughs> so maybe that's that. Oh, believe me, that was also on my list that I wanted to kind of talk about this because I don't hear anyone talk about Mute. It's just it was bad. And then, oh, and not because we don't care about spoilers here, at the end of the movie, he does get his voice back because uh, oh, the pedophile doc, the pedophile doctor. Oh, that's that's the thing. He's a doctor, by the way. The pedophile. He he, he like operates on Alexander Skarsgård's character and like fixes his vocal cords. But it's so anticlimactic. It was just bad. It was oh, just really on. bad. Hang on. <laughs> Does this pedophile guy like creep on kids in the movie and shit? Wait, what? You said there was a pedophile, like the doctor, right? Yeah. So he's like creeping on um people in the movie. Well, it it never like shows anything, thank God, but it kind of alludes to it. Like you see him. He's a doctor, and he has obviously, like, child patients, and you see him just a little too happy about his child patients. What a weirdo. So weird, but the movie focused so much on him, and I just didn't want to focus on the creepy pedophile. He's focusing on Paul Rudd. (laughs) He was the only good part of the movie. I just... I. It was just a really bad, and it was awkward. Brittany, have you ever seen this, or have I ever told you about the movie Mute? I I remember you telling me about it, and that was the reason why I never ended up watching it. You're like, oh, you could skip around for the Paul Red parts, or, you know, that sort of thing. (laughs) But, like, I remember you were so let down because it was when you were writing your Alexander Skarsgård kick, and you're like, Oh great! More like more Alexander, and you're like, no, abort, abort. This this was not worth it. Help me. It was, it was not. It, that's the thing, right? Before I watched Big Little Lies, and he was so good in it, and I just thought that his performance was just boring. So I'm gonna move on from this. But thank you both for trusting my uh, choice. That number eight mute was awful. So we're gonna go around. To Brittany again. She's going to grab the number seven spot. Mine's kind of bad, and I feel like I'm going to upset people, but not in the fact that it's the worst movie of the year. It was just there were so many good movies from the same people that it was kind of lackluster, and it's going to be Black Panther. I did not no. enjoy it. Oh. 
Oh, oh I know. Brittany. Oh, I know. I know. Brittany. Oh. <laughs> I did not enjoy Black Panther. I was bored. I was bored. And that's where I said it's not a bad movie in the same sense that where everybody, like, I love T'Challa. I love the whole world. I love Wakanda. But as for it being, like, the first intro of Black Panther, I was like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of lackluster. It's, it, it's a little boring. I, I, oh, I know. I know. Oh, but just, I just in comparison just to the feel... other Marvel movies that came out this year, it was probably not my favorite. And I thought my choices were controversial. No, that's why I said it's thought... not the worst movie of the year, and it's not particularly bad. It's just out of all the Marvel movies that did come out this year, it's my least favorite. Just because, like, you know, and I think what what happens, and the only reason it felt boring is so, you know, with all the other Marvel movies, when they're introducing, like, a new Marvel hero, it's normally, like, the rags to riches. Like, you have Ant-Man, his first movie was him, you know, getting the suit. You have Iron Man, the first movie with him, it was like, oh, he's got his, you know, he made the suit and everything, he's good to go with Captain America with his first movie you're like okay you know he's a super soldier and I think for like T'Challa it was like well he's already the king he's already got it he's already you know there's no like rags to riches on it yeah he does have like his comeback but it's it's not really an origin story and I think that's why it didn't quite catch me like the others did I feel Leo dying on the other end I'm just going to comment really quickly on this because Kevin, uh, Kevin picked it as one of the best movies of the year when we did last week, and I commented oh, on this. No. And for, for the movies we called Black Panther, I really didn't care about T'Challa at all, which which sucks because I loved T'Challa in Captain America: Civil War. I, exactly. I really think that Black, but I really think that Black Panther went to the women in the movie. Like For it was sure. complete yes. it completely was about the women in it, um and as everyone knows I'm terrible at names. So is it Okie? Killmonger? Oh no. uh no. Oh Okoye. Is that Okoye. what you were? Oh my god. I'm... Yes, thank you, Leah. Okoye was the badass like girl warrior in the movie she stole it completely but that shouldn't be a surprise because i love that actress from the walking dead uh, yes. it should have just it should have just been like her movie the whole entire like that one scene in the casino where she like tears her freaking wig off just to fight them it was just so badass and my and for if I'm gonna, because this is the top ten worst movies, so I'm not gonna really divulge in what was good about the movie. I will, you know, say that I felt that Killmonger's, uh, he was kind of a little overhyped for me, and I only say that because I love Michael B. Jordan, and I just really didn't feel like they put so much of him in the movie as they hyped him as in the trailer. I would have liked to see more of him because he was good. He was good. It just wasn't enough. But Black Panther really wasn't even about T'Challa. It was just about the badass women in that movie. And that's what I'll say about it. 
And I'm going to let Leo uh, take over right now. <laughs> All right. So I will say I can agree with you, Tia, that Claw should have been eliminated from the movie. Um, I do love Andy Circus, don't yes. get me wrong, but he was just a distraction for Killmonger to come in later. And he's actually one of Black Panther's bigger villains. So I was like, ah, I don't know why they threw him in there as like this introductory villain kind of like smaller villain to introduce Killmonger in the same movie. Um, so that was a little bit weird, and I do agree. More Michael B. Jordan, because come on, y'all. Like, that Killmonger performance was awesome. I was just, like, going through last night, watching some clips uh, from the movie, just, like, some of his best scenes, you know, the one when he's going to fight T'Challa outside of the armor, and the scene where he walks into the throne room. Like, man, he was just a great character. And I will say the flaw in the movie is that, is that its main character gets pretty overshadowed um, by his supporting cast. But what I do, I will say, and this is what other Marvel movies need to do, it did a great job of not just world building, but community building as well. Yeah, T'Challa got a little overshadowed, but we're in Wakanda, where everybody shines. That's kind of the the notion I was getting from the movie where it's like, you know, you've got character after character just having these great moments. We saw great moments in T'Challa in Civil War already. And it's not that I don't want them, but we already saw those great moments. And as for him being king, he's king, but the problem is they have no idea what to do with the other people that they're not helping. They're so isolated. They're so to themselves. And I think the journey for T'Challa in this movie is how can I be a Wakandan king and still uphold our, you know, our, um, what's the word? I just had it, customs, our customs, while also helping other people, which we've never done before. Um, And I think it was just a more spiritual journey of rediscovery. How can I still be the king of Wakanda while changing it? Um, so for him, that was his biggest, and, and also when it, when Killmonger came in, presented another problem, but that's a whole other story. Uh, I I don't know. I I really liked how this Marvel movie was made because I felt that it was just very very in its own universe. Like there was not this. Oh well, hey, there's a there's there's a picture of Thor in the background, and oh well, they're gonna go help the Avengers at part. It was very self-contained. And I think Marvel, uh, moving forward, needs to make their movies a lot more self-contained like this. Because as much as I love Winter Soldier and I love Civil War, they're just so tied back into the storyline that it's hard to say Civil War is even a non-Avengers movie. I mean, (laughs) that was like the Avengers movie that's not titled an Avengers movie. Um, So I just love how self-contained Black Panther is and how it built on its own world so much better than I think a lot of the other Marvel movies did. We're not going to talk about Thor 2, folks. <laughs> uh. I don't know. This definitely can't go on a worse for me, because not only did it, in my opinion, break writing barriers for Marvel, it also broke cultural barriers, too, um, and brought in a completely different audience that had maybe never even seen a Marvel movie before. I know my parents don't keep up with the Marvel movies that much, but they were there. Like They were as a theater ready to see Black Panther. So I think for me also it had a very cultural significance to it, so that really helped it out on my end. Uh, 
Worst movie though? Come on now. Worst of the year. I was going to say, in defense, in defense of Black Panther, what it is for me is I've seen so many good movies. And from a personal of like, of seeing a certain amount of movies, because like I said, I've seen a lot of really the big blockbusters of the year. And it's just like, you know, of course, Pacific Rim Uprising was my least favorite. But it's kind of like I've seen so many great movies this year that Black Panther isn't, it's not worse in the sense of like, oh, bad story writing or bad anything. I just found myself bored. I thought it was great for what it did for the Marvel Universe. And like you said, the cultural barriers. But just for me personally, I was just bored. I think that Black Panther should have had, I think Black Panther should have definitely had more M'Baku as well. Oh, yes. This is the thing. No, no, no. I'm just, what? Leo, he was like the best character. (laughs) M'Baku was great, but like, leave him, leave M'Baku for Black Panther 2. I don't know. I loved him. I'm so happy that he was in Avengers Infinity War. That's just my personal opinion there, that I thought that we could have more of him and maybe have him featured in Black Panther 2, because they're definitely coming out with a sequel, right? Definitely. Definitely coming out with a sequel. All right, so uh, (laughs) Brittany's uh, interesting choice for number seven is Black Panther. I'm going to move along to Leo for number Huh? I said, I don't agree with that one. I can't get that. No, I can't have that on the list, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Brittany, do you, have a, do you have a backup number seven? <laughs> well, I was going to say, I have one that I feel like is, because I was going by scale of worse and everything, but I do have another one, but I feel like it's on your list, too. It's okay. Ooh, okay. I got, I, I, can always I, I went in and I, I went in and I have like a bunch of movies on my list. So if you want to give us an alternate number seven, I will take an alternate number seven. Skyscraper. That was on With, my list. Oh, I knew it was. <laughs> I knew it was. Uh, because okay, I love you, Dwayne Rock Johnson. But that was a sad, sad movie. Like, me and Tia, we we both, well, I came to New York. We sat, we were like, you know what? This has Pablo in it. You know, let's just sit down and watch this. And it was bad. We both stared at each other like, what are we watching? What are these jokes? What is the CGI? What's going on? And we're like, oh, yeah, we watched it for this one character that ends up being in the movie for all of 10 minutes. And then we're just stuck with this god-awful movie until the end of it. I'm actually surprised we sat through all of it. No, because it was on my list as well. I do want to take the reins a little here. I'm sorry. Skyscraper. (laughs) And I... I did a show with, like, some of the other guys from GVN recently, and we were talking about this, right? And it's like, you don't – it's like, it's not that you expect, like, Oscar-worthy performances from Dwayne Johnson, but this movie was just ridiculous. And as Brittany says, we did go in watching it because Pablo Shriver is in it, and he was in it for all of two seconds. The movie – 
was just ridiculous. Uh, if we're going to talk about unrealistic, the amount of how unrealistic this movie was was just insane. To have that he is, there's no, first of all, there's no way, there's no way that the authorities would have even allowed him to go up and try and save his family again. And the thing is, is that it maybe if they had wanted to take the concept, it wouldn't have been so bad to have this tower that they build that's supposed to be a seat of technological advancement. That's cool. But the whole thing, and then I got confused on why they even wanted to blow up the tower. And as everyone points out in the poster, uh, the rock jumping from the scaffolding into scaffolding, yeah. can't even talk this morning, jumping from that into the building, no way would he have ever made it. And I'm sorry, and, and I could come off as ignorant here. Someone please correct me if I am. I don't want to come off like that. But he has one leg. Would he have even been able to run the way he was with that prosthetic? You know, and again, that could just come from me not being knowledgeable on it, and I'm perfectly fine if someone wanted to correct me there. But I just don't know how he would have been able to do all that, considering the fact that his character has one prosthetic leg. I mean, that was just, it was completely unrealistic, just a crap movie. I was, and it almost makes me mad that Hollywood continues to pour so much money into these movies that they know are going to be crap. They know that they're going to be bad. There's no way that they can look at this and say, oh, this is a great freaking movie. It makes me angry that just Hollywood continues to do this. And I'm sure that The Rock is a wonderful per- person in real life. He seems it, but please stop making these terrible movies. Um, Leo, did you see yeah. Skyscraper? Yeah, I do want to just real quick say, like, yeah, The Rock, he posted something the other day that I'm like, oh, my God, this is my dream. And he, like, bought his mom a home. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool, like, for Christmas. And I'm like, shit, like, I, one day I would do that for my mom. But anyway, uh, sky, Skyscraper was terrible. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, how are you going to put <laughs> – like, this is like a natural disaster movie. How are you going to CGI overload this shit? Um, I don't, to be honest, that movie is mostly a blur. Because I was literally sitting there just, like, watching the movie thinking, really? Really? How the fuck is this happening right now? Um, you know, it, it reminded me of, uh, God, he was in some uh, disaster movie back in, like, 2012 or 2013. Um, and it reminded me exactly of that. And I think I think it was the same director possibly i can't remember what movie that was if y'all remember please please let me know where he had his daughter and the whole world was uh destroying itself due to weather i cannot for the life of me but again another forgettable movie um these are just so the 2012. forgettable yeah the 2012 yeah um it, it's terrible just, they're such forgettable and terrible ass movies it's always about The Rock saving his family. It's the same. It's literally, I'm like, did they just take the exact same script, take a giant eraser and start erasing lines and say, we're just going to write in Skyscraper and everybody's going to know exactly what it is because it's the, almost the exact same storyline. I I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of these, like, random rock movies that are just, like, shitty. Uh, I thought Jumanji was great. 
Like, let's get back to that caliber of rock movies. Like, oh. Really? Yeah. I didn't see Jumanji. Yeah, I thought Jumanji 2 was pretty good, actually. Hmm. I was going to say, like, with The Rock. What? 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 No, The Rock Johnson was the, it's like, I don't particularly blame him for them because I'm like, man, it's got to work. And I know if people are willing to give, like, these awful movies and he's like, I can make money off of it. But it's like, come on, man. Give us something right. better. I know you can do better. The CEU is, is ruined if he, if he carries that terrible spirit in the Black Adam role. And nothing against him again, but if he just, if his luck is that bad and he brings that to the Black Adam role, we're, we're finished. Are we still getting Black Adam? Because I know that he was supposed to premiere in Shazam, and now that's not actually happening. I mean, is that actually still on the board that we're getting uh, Dwayne Johnson in Black Adam? Uh, As far as I know. Well, I hope that he does a better job. Yeah, right. So, all right. So, the real number seven is going to be Skyscraper that 100% deserves to be on this list. I'm going to give number six over to Leo. All right. Um, So, I'm back and forth between these two, but I think I'll have to pick this one. Um, Mamma Mia, here we go again. Um, Terrible movie. Uh, I, I don't see how... The first one even needed a sequel. You gonna tell me y'all take it out the best part of the movie, Meryl Streep, man? Like that was my <laughs> first. That was my first like irritation is that Meryl's in the movie for maybe like a split second, but they focus on a young Donna, and, and that's cool and all. But like I don't know, I, I was a little more interested in picking up the story, and then at the same time, you got a sequel going on, and what's crazy is like. All right, you've got the sequel and prequel going on at the same time. Both of the stories are super shitty. One of them is about a young girl playing three different guys. Um, And the other (laughs) one is about a girl who possibly had three different fathers and uh, is getting married. So I just thought it was, like, a pretty pathetic story. Um, Lily James, pretty good singing, uh, but everybody else just, oof, bad. I'm really... Really glad they didn't make Pierce Brosnan sing again because he is horrible. I'm sorry, y'all seen that first Mamma Mia? He sounds terrible, um, and they didn't. They had him not sing in this movie for that exact reason because a lot of people didn't just thought he was a horrible singer. Um, and I just I don't know. I'm like, how can we keep pumping these out? It was clearly clearly a, cla- a cash grab. Sorry, Amanda Seyfried, you don't look 25 anymore. Um, I'm not really that interested in the whole Donna prequel thing. Just don't kill my character off. Like, she was fine at the end of the first movie. Why do we have to kill her off? So I just, I don't know, man. I, that one was really bad. And what's sad is, you know, Cher was in the movie, but her singing debut was full of auto-tune, man. Like, full of auto-tune. Uh, so I, I, I gotta go with Mamma Mia. That's damn song is stuck in my head. Um, and it's like, are y'all going to stay stuck on the ABBA thing? Like, I, I think it's, it was a pretty decent idea in the first one, but I'm like, let's come up with a couple originals, y'all. Like, 
all this dancing queen and bullshit again. Like, come on, man. I'm get some more songs. Uh, and let's see. It was just it wasn't that great acted. Everybody was pretty much the exact same. I just I thought it was kind of dumb. Uh, very dumb actually. Um, so I'm going, Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Uh, you know, I, all right, so I'm going to be honest with you, and this is kind of like the running joke when I do the podcast, even with the other guys, that, like, I don't see a lot of these movies, and I did not see Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. My mom, I, I'm just going to throw my mom out there, she saw Mamma Mia on Broadway, and she was like, oh, my God, she was like, I loved this shit, and but when I saw that they were making a sequel, I thought that it was another grab to kind of give that actress um, more uh, attention just because she was in Baby Driver in 2017. So I feel like whenever that happens in Hollywood and we have a popular movie, they want to keep giving the actors or actresses roles. So they brought her in and, you know, did that. And I just, as you said, when I Leo, when I saw that they were doing a sequel to Mamma Mia, I was like, really, why? Like, why? Why did we need that? And as it seems like we didn't need it, so um, I'm going to put Mamma Mia, here we go again, as number six. Brittany, did you happen to see this movie? I was going to say, I didn't see it because, okay, Mamma Mia is like a little special placeholder because... Uh, my friend Ansley, she was obsessed with Mamma Mia. Like, every time I came oh, over to her house, yeah. it's like, oh, we got to watch Mamma Mia. And I would always go back home with the song <laughs> stuck in my head. And for some reason, when I saw Mamma Mia too, I was like, oh, that's nice, you know, I guess. But then I sat there and I was like, but do I really want to watch this movie and tarnish my, my pure, pure image of Mamma Mia, the first one? And I was like, you know what? Nah, I think I'm good. I'll I'll save the the thirty forty dollars it takes to see one movie, and I just think that's like the trend that we see in Hollywood right now is these unnecessary sequels and reboots, just for the the sole purpose. What'd you say? Oh, I just said they're yeah. unnecessary. This this one they're, they're they, so unnecessary, especially the reboots, man. Completely unnecessary, and I think that it's just uh, just a way to get money. I know that last week as we were doing the top ten, Kevin really liked the Mary Poppins uh, reboot, remake, whatever it was. And I'm sure it was good because Emily Blunt is nice, but when I saw that they were even doing that, I was like, why do we need another Mary Poppins? Is that really that necessary? So it's just how I really hope that hopefully they don't make a, a third one. Mama Mia, here we go again, too. <laughs> that would be just really a cherry on top. And more like, not even make that more like, uh, more like Mama Mia, we're fucking done. Jeez, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to pretend it's not canon. It never happened. Right. Yeah. Rewrite. <laughs> Definitely, Mamma Mia, here we go again. It deserves to be on this list. It just sounds terrible. So I'm going to, um, as we get into the number five, I'm just going to kind of go through what we have so far. Number 10 is Pacific Rim Uprising. Number nine is Mile 22. Number eight is Mute. 
Number seven is Skyscraper. Number six is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. I'm going to take number five. I'm going to pick the choice that I know that Leo is going to really have fun with. I'm going to pick Cloverfield Paradox, that, which is another Netflix uh, movie. And again, I just don't understand why Netflix can't seem to get their shit right when it comes to movies when they do a pretty good job with their original series. So I saw the first Cloverfield when it came out, and I didn't see the second one that came out, which had John Goodman in it. And But then I saw Cloverfield Paradox. And I, so this is my thing. I don't understand building this little world around Cloverfield when, A, I don't even really know anyone who necessarily liked the original Cloverfield. And then to kind of like build this world around Cloverfield where it's like it's it, it has Cloverfield, but it's not. It's kind of like it. It just was it. so you have this movie, and it just was terrible. I mean, to me, how many ever hours it was, it was just painful to sit through and watch it. And you had some pretty decent talent in there, but for to to watch it really just wasn't enjoyable at all the writing seemed sloppy and again these movies that they obviously put a lot of money in because they're on they're in space they have to have good cgi there's shit going on it just seems like it was a really it was just again i know i said this before but capitalizing on the whole space thing that we've seen you know Space in the future that we seem to be into right now, it, it just wasn't good at all. I didn't like Cloverfield Paradox. I didn't like the the ending. And then at the end, when she was coming back to Earth, and you were all excited because you were like, yes. And then you started thinking, they're like, wait, don't go back to Earth. That's terrible because there's that monster that's there. And then you see him like pop up out of the clouds at some point, and it's just that even looked like the most terrible cartoony thing that I've ever seen. It didn't even look like the original Cloverfield because when I saw the original Cloverfield, that shit was scary as fuck. And then they have him in Cloverfield Paradox and it looks like, oh, you know what? We spent our whole entire budget on the rest of the movie. So we just put this shit together really quick. It just was bad. I didn't like Cloverfield Paradox at all. I remember feeling like, if I could walk away from my TV, I should do that right now. And I just happened to continue watching it until the end. And it just wasn't good at all. So, Leo, what are your thoughts on uh, Cloverfield Paradox? Oh, man. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Like, how they've got a great cast. They got the guy who played the MLK and Selma, a couple other really good John Ortiz. Um, but. It, it, it didn't know what it wanted to be, I don't think. <laughs> like, to be completely honest, like, all the weird universe shits, all the random, like, the monster at the end coming out. And I'm like, all right, well, they finally want to do, like, a, a tie, and it's just poorly placed. Like you said, cartoonish. I just thought it was a mess. Like, it was just, I, I was watching it, and I just felt like it was two hours of, of running around and, being a mess, whether and, and deciding whether or not where wants to fit in this in this um, Cloverfield universe, and 
the uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane was great uh, with John Goodman. That was that was like their movie. I'm like, why didn't they just kind of continue that style of you know hiding from the dangers? But eh, this was I don't know I don't know what this was to be completely honest. Like I'm a huge huge sci-fi fan. I just couldn't really wrap my finger around this one. Uh, it was confusing. It was all over the place, and it. And I, I just I wish it would just fit into the mold a little bit better, and it didn't. Or do like Ten Cloverfield Lane did, kind of just do your own thing, and then have one small little tie-in in there. Like I, I kind of like stories like that anyway. But I don't know. This was a huge miss, and I just I think they had potential to keep the adrenaline going because with Ten Cloverfield Lane was a, a better movie than the first one. They could have made something even more unique, but they just went with this weird ship and all these weird dimensions, and I, it was it was tough to follow. I, I didn't like this one at all. I thought pacing issues were pretty evident. Um, whoever wrote the, the screenplay just needed to really decide, like, all right, am I going to pull a 10 Cloverfield Lane and kind of pull this out um, to the middle of nowhere, or am I going to tie it in? officially for sure tied in with the Cloverfield and bring them together. And it didn't do any either, either. <laughs> so not a good movie, not a good movie. Do not see. It was just, it was really bad. And I did like the, the concept that they had people from different countries going up there to figure shit out. I mean, that was cool. You got to see a nice uh, diverse cast, which obviously is a problem in cinema and to have that was a nice uh touch but it was just as you said that and then they had that girl remember where then all of a sudden it was like no she's from another dimension she's evil and she's trying to do this and i that was confusing and then you had the one guy who i would i forget which country he was from but he was like an absolute dick and what was his real motives? And obviously we were all really happy when he got killed off and they were all getting, yeah, yeah. You know, and it was just, it was bad. Brittany, did you see Cloverfield Paradox? I was say that for a second when y'all were talking about, it, I was like, I haven't seen this movie. And then I remembered I have actually seen this movie but I completely blocked out ever seeing it. Like, if you had asked me, like, oh, I bet 100 bucks, like, I haven't seen this movie, and then you started explaining it to me, I would have been like, I lost 100 bucks. I did see this movie, but I don't remember hardly any of it until y'all started bringing up the people from the different countries. I guess, like, for me, I didn't sit there and go, oh, it's awful. It was just so unmemorable that I kind of just completely blocked it out. Because Tia knows I love... uh, which I said I love it, and then I was like, how do I pronounce it again? Ten Cloverfield Lane. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Went on and on and on about it to Tia, about the setup. And I can tell you, go, yeah, I saw that movie. It was a freaking, like, brain blower. But for as for Cloverfield Paradox, I have seen it. I just completely forgot about it. Completely, completely, completely. My brain was like, no, you know what? Let's just, let's save that for a little something more useful. I know that people liked 10 Cloverfield Lane, and it's kind of funny in this whole little, I don't know, we're going to call it a Cloverfield extended universe, that you have yeah. one movie that people really enjoy, and Cloverfield Paradox was 
just a complete mess. As And again, I don't know where Netflix is going wrong with these movies because I don't know if anyone has ever seen the movie Bright, but that probably was like the worst Netflix movie I've ever seen. And that was terrible. I wish that that came out in 2018 because that would 100% be my number one movie. That was awful. The Cloverfield Paradox was just a really poorly done movie and you brought all these great actors in and just gave them crap to work with. It just, it wasn't a good movie at all. And I guess maybe the 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 lesson here is to just have John Goodman in everything because apparently he just makes every movie he touches oh, yeah, good. Definitely. <laughs> it was just a really, really bad movie. So um, I guess we are all in agreement that Number five belongs to Cloverfield Paradox. And I'm going to give the number four slot back over to Brittany. I I was sitting there kind of racking my brain because, like I said, I've seen, uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of movies this year, but I've also not seen a lot of movies. And most of the movies I've seen have been like, you know, two, you know, uh, the Marvel movies where it's like, oh, they're so good. That's why I have such a low threshold of like, what. What did I see this year that was bad? And the only thing I can think of is the Netflix movie Hold the Dark. And my reason for that yeah. is because I never finished it. I It was so bad <laughs> that I sat, there, I sat there and literally went, what am I watching? Because you're like, okay, we got missing children. Oh, the wolf took them. Oh, we're bringing in a wolf expert. And then uh, Alexander Skarsgård's actually in that. He plays the husband of the woman who their child goes missing. But it was so bad that I went back on to, uh, I was like, man, maybe it's just me. Maybe the plot gets better. Went on to Wikipedia, read the entire plot, which, by the way, stretched on forever. And Tia knows how fast I read. And it took me forever just to get through the plot. And I sat there and I learned nothing. I literally sat there and went, I, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know what's going on. Like, it's like, okay, you got like, the wolf take the children, right? And you're like, okay, that's easy enough. You know, they live out in Alaska. You know, shit happens. Children apparently just get eaten by wolves and nobody does anything about it. Then they bring in a wolf expert. And then suddenly, you know, you got the husband that's overseas. Then apparently there's some kind of wolf spirit that possesses people. And then suddenly they're eating people. It just, it was bad. It was bad. That sounds Terrible. I remember you telling me that I went on Wikipedia to go look at the plot and I was like, what the shit? I wanted to watch it because I really like Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. I mean, the man is an acting genius. I don't know if, uh, I know Brittany has, I don't know if Leo's watched Westworld at all, but Jeffrey Wright is such a good actor and Again, you have Alexander Skarsgård who comes in, and you would think that he's going to bring the the stardom with him, and it just sounds like a huge letdown. It sounded too complicated. You don't when you make movies. It's nice to have twists and turns. It's nice to have a hefty storyline, but when you're putting too many factors in, it's just it just seems to be something that some movies tend to do and I don't understand why you know pick pick one or two don't pick 5,000 um 
Leo, did you happen to see Hold the Dark? Bing, 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 bing. That's my uh, shit movie meter. Um, and it goes <laughs> off and I see a trailer that looks like it's going to be a shit movie. So I did not see Hold the Dark because it was going off pretty heavily when I seen the trailer for it. And I was like, ah, you know, it don't like you on Netflix. So maybe on a rainy day I can check that one out if it pops up in the suggestions. And, don't do it. Never it. has. Uh, so I decided to skip that. One up. Um, I kind of reserved my Netflix movie watching for like the good movies this year, like Roma. Sorry, better than Bird Box. Everybody can argue that, but it was a much better film than Bird Box. Um, and, and other, and other just better, better movies. That one just didn't look that good to me, so I skipped it up. Good choice. That was terrible. Wolf Spirits? I don't know. It, it didn't look like it was going to get into that much more, really. So that's a little bit out of left field. Yeah, I just, I think the, the, uh, the lesson here is Netflix. What are you doing? I mean, okay, so I heard good things about Roma. I haven't gotten to that yet. And people are kind of on and off about Bird Box. I think that Juwan has seen it, and I've seen a few people on Twitter talk about. Some people like it. Some people are talking about how it. Yeah, some people are talking how it can rival uh, a quiet place, and then other people are talking about how it was crap. So uh, Sandra Bullock. Nothing could be better than a quiet place. You know, I've not even seen that movie yet. It's so <gasps> terrible. I need to go see it. Oh, like, not go see it, but yeah. I need to sit down and watch it. I know, I know. I keep yeah. trying to, like, you know, I need to get in the mood to, like, watch it because I know from what everyone tells me that it's this intense movie. I mean, John Krasinski's in it. Emily Blunt is in it. It looks amazing. I just haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on my list, I promise. I, I, it'll be on my list. I just got to actually sit down and watch it. But Hold the Dark, I think, sounds like a pretty good number four pick, considering Brittany didn't even finish it. It was on Leo's crap, uh, you know, alarm list, whatever he has. And I read the <laughs> Wikipedia and just couldn't even get through it. So number four is a good good choice. Um I'm going to give number three over to Leo. All right, y'all. So I'm I'm having a very, very hard time uh, with this one because I just don't know what to put there. I have so many, like, bad movies this year. <laughs> um, so I'm going to just toss it up and, like, y'all just let me know if you guys have seen it because the, the one that maybe we've all seen will be the one that we can discuss. Um, I've got Ready Player One. Uh, a Wrinkle in Time, um, or The Happy Time Murders. Oh, God, I haven't seen Have any of those. I'm sorry, Leo. Oh, man. Uh, how about Mortal Engines? <laughs> they all sound terrible from the trailers. As you said, I have, like, I have a little shit meter, too, and all of those, especially The Happy Time Murders. Like, I saw clips. And I saw trailers, and that looked terrible. What? what I'm sorry. I'm not taking your pick. I'm just saying that looked terrible. Brittany, have you ever we'll seen any of these movies? Well, I have not. Because okay. for this. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I was say I have not because like you said where you're like, Oh, okay, I have a I have valuable time. Do I wanna allot my time and money to see these movies? I'm pretty sure. And on uh, what was called Mortal Engines? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I wanna hear Leo's description of this because that shit first of all, it didn't even seem like it had a lot of hype to it. I just saw a trailer like for the last movie or whatever I went to go see. And I was like, what is this? What are they talking about? So, you know, Leo, take it away. All right, so they don't do a very good job of uh, world building because we we land right in the middle of what's going on. And um, it's basically like there's this it, – it's, it, it's it takes place in a future where this giant weapon called the Medusa, such a great original name, um, took out most of civilization – and civilization has been whittled down to small cities that either travel or are stationary. And one of the traveling cities is called the London. And it's literally like this, they, they have like this island of land on top of this like moving machine. So it's like a moving city. Um, and it sounded like a really good setup. Like going in, I'm like, all right, cool. London's going around, taking over. Like sounds pretty cool. All right, I'm down. Well, there wasn't really a reason why um, Hugo Weaving got his hands on who did a great job in this movie. Um, besides him, though, just about everybody else, there was really dry acting areas or dry, dry uh, just terrible script. But I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting off. I'm getting off a little bit here. These cities are taken over, and Hugo Weaving wants the Medusa for pretty much no reason. Um, he just wants to take over the world. And then on the other side of things, the main character is this girl named Hester who loses her mother to all this conspiracy and whatnot. Um, Hugo Weaving uh, is the one who killed her mother, and so she's after him for all that. In the midst of all this, there's this zombie-like cyborg guy chasing after the girl because she promised to become a zombie like him, and it it's just a weird movie, guys. And and they get to this point where an an, an Asian like city is being attacked by by the London, um, and Hugo Weaving's daughter and one other character stop the London. And the main girl is talking about she stops Hugo Weaving. It was just a really weird kind of convoluted storyline with barely any world building, um, very shitty subplots. They didn't even tell us how the cyborg guy became that way. He was just like this reanimated Terminator looking guy. Um, and he was kind of cool. Like I was interested in knowing a little bit more how he got like that, but he was just in and out in like 20, 30 minutes of the movie. So it didn't matter anyway. Um, just a terrible movie all around. The characters are very one note. Um, I really didn't care if even the main character Hester, if she died, I would have been cool with this because I just didn't care. Um, and it was just, it was a convoluted storyline, very weird subplot, very one-note characters, and overall crap fest. Like, a lot of – it's like, what's up with Peter Jackson and all this walking and running that he wants to film? He seems obsessed with characters just running back and forth and walking and lollygagging, like, even in the Lord of the Rings films, like, which I've – I love, by the way, uh, this is not me saying I hate Lord of the Rings. I'm just saying there's a lot, a lot of walking and running in this movie. And I'm like, dude, you can shave out about 20 minutes of the movie with all this goddamn running. 
Um, so just just a disappointment. Like more Hobbit, think more Hobbit than Lord of the Rings. Definitely just not a good one. It reminded me a lot of Ender's Game, Maze Runner, those kind of poorly adapted films. I don't know how poorly this is adapted because I haven't read the book, but it just it was it was a mess. It was a mess. I want to say it okay, sounds like so. something I would have watched whenever I was like fourteen. Right, right. Like, oh my God, the next Twilight. Like, just a bad, bad film. Yeah, I saw again. I saw the trailer. I, I hadn't even heard because you know we're on social media. We're in kind of the geek news world, so we. Kind of always kind of tend to hear about projects before they come out, and I had heard nothing about this Mortal Engines movie, no idea what the frick it was, and then I see it in a trailer, and I'm like, what? They're moving? It just, and it seemed almost like an attempt to revive the steampunk uh, genre, which was really big, what, like a decade ago or so. And not that, like, it isn't a great, you know, fashion sense or something, but um, I just, I, I thought that it was just an attempt to kind of revive that whole thing. And it just looked, it looked bad. And I keep repeating this, but it just looked like a massive waste of money. That's what it looked like to me. It's it, a massive waste of money for Hollywood. The CGI definitely was. I wanted to really quick, uh, I remembered why they were going around destroying the cities, and that's because of social Darwinism, everyone. The the strongest survive and the weakest don't. That's exactly what they said. Really? That's yeah. So terrible. it pretty much was <laughs> a, a rehash of manifest destiny. We believe we're the best, so we might as well continue taking over other territories. Oh, God. So definitely, uh, if you are listening to this, save your money. Do not go see Mortal Engines at all. It sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, So number three definitely seems like that's a good pick. I'm going to go through the list one more time, or twice more time. Maybe we're at number three. But So number 10 is going to be Pacific Rim Uprising. Number nine is going to be Mile 22. Number eight is going to be the movie Mute. Number seven is going to be Skyscraper. Number six is going to be Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Number five is Cloverfield Paradox. Number four is Hold the Dark. Number three is Mortal Engines. I'm going to take number two. And again, it's just another Netflix movie just because I just, I don't know. I did, as Brittany said, I didn't go to movies that much this year. I didn't. It was only to see movies like Black Panther, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Avengers Infinity War. I just saw Aquaman, which was fucking amazing. People should definitely go see that. Besides that, I didn't really hit the movies to go see anything else, just because I figured, why waste my money? I could just wait, wait for that to come to home video. So... My number two pick is going to be the movie Annihilation. I thought that was terrible, and it's so funny. I keep referencing our show last week, but 
Ryan picked Annihilation as one of the best movies. <laughs> I could not. Well, it was funny. Okay, I, I hate to like blast anyone right now, but so Ryan picked Annihilation, and as he's talking, Kevin is texting me, going, "That shit was on my worst list." So really funny. It's just we all have different opinions on these movies, but I just thought Annihilation was terrible. No amount of Tessa Thompson and Oscar Isaac could save this movie. I just didn't get it, first of all. It was trippy, but not in, like, a good trippy. Because sometimes there's a trippy movie, and you're like, wow, this is trippy, but, like, interesting. And Annihilation was not that at all. I was watching it going, what the hell is happening you have natalie portman who they're trying to like sell you on being this badass sniper and i'm sorry natalie that's just not you i don't they should have gotten someone else for that role she wasn't good her acting seemed very bland so did oscar isaac seemed very bland the whole movie we're getting these flashbacks of their relationship because the two of them are married and that goes back and forth, and the whole thing that you have this bubble that's expanding, and anyone who has gone into the bubble seems to never come back out. But Oscar Isaac did come back out, but what's wrong with him? He seems off, so they go into the bubble. And, and I do like, you know, as Leo said, the world's going to be run by women one day, and I do love the fact that we got this like all women team that went into the bubble, you know, that's cool, but it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. You had that one scene that I know everyone talks about with that freaking boar looking thing with the skull that if it could, that it mimicked the screams of the, the, so he killed, so he kills, you know, his victim, this animal type thing and then imitates the screams of his victims. And that was terrifying. I will admit that. I was watching that. Going, what the fuck am I watching right now? That was terrifying. But then you have, there's the, I remember the one scene where Tessa Thompson's character, she's a scientist, and she's noticing that there's these flower arrangements that look exactly like humans, and she's like, oh, how do they grow in such a way? And then you realize, no, it's not the flowers growing that way. It's the fact that these people become these flower arrangements and you are pretty much given the, you pretty much are given the illusion that that happens to her character, but we don't see that happen to her character. And that, for some reason, really bothered me. I don't know why I held on to that. I was like, well, I want to see Tessa Thompson becomes some flower creature. And then you have at the, and then you have at the end, um, Natalie Portman going in and you find out that whoever's on the other side who Oscar Isaac is playing is not her husband. Her husband actually died. And then you have Natalie Portman and it felt like forever. And I don't know how long it was. Was it 10 minutes? I have no idea how it was, but it was just Natalie Portman dancing with like a light version of herself. No, no, no. And what no, I mean no, by no. that. Okay. All right. Wait. I will, I will finish, and then Leo, you can go. But I had no idea what the hell was happening in that. I was watching it like, 
what the hell am I watching? So to me, the whole movie was pretty much what the hell am I watching and not in a good way. So my pick for number two is going to be Annihilation. And Leo, (laughs) what do you want to say to me right now? (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to say this does not belong on the 10 worst movies list. Um, not not I'm not that. I'm not changing. I wouldn't put it that high. <laughs> oh wow! I mean, you were just tearing it up, and I just the whole time I was like, man, that scene where that creepy monster thing comes out, and they're like, it's trying to mimic her moves. That that blew my mind up, y'all. Like, I don't know if you if you guys understand. I've been over thousands of hours of sci-fi movies and TV shows, and just seeing that blew my head open like I was like what is happening like it was just so jarring and different that I I liked it I don't know I really really liked it and my mind was putting together all of like what what that actually was like was it a spiritual copy of her was it some kind of other creature it was just it had my mind boggling and I, I'll admit, like, there, there are a couple of kind of whimsical things about this movie. Like, like the flashbacks, I think they were a little bit poorly placed. Um, love me some Oscar Isaac, though. And I thought he was not in this movie nearly enough. Um, I, I don't know. This movie had a looming curiosity that I just really enjoyed. And the the talking the the alligator and the talking boar thing were just so fucking crazy. Like that talking boar was creepy, man. Like that was another thing that just kind of blew my head open. Um, so just like a couple of rant, but these like crazy instances that were happening to them, I liked because it was something different, something so out of the norm. I don't know, man. I, I liked it, and I will. I will say though, when they when the talking boar came on screen, I was immediately like, uh, "Princess Mononoke!" Like, nah. uh, but um, it, I thought it was good. Like, I enjoyed it. I I will say they could have used somebody a little bit better than Natalie, because um, she kind of just has this like sensitive wet blanket feeling going on all the time. But I don't know. I I liked it. I did enjoy what I did see. I, would I go back and watch it all the time? No. But I, I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't I mean, think it was so what, what what was that scene where she's like dancing or something was like the light version of herself. That was so weird her, to me. I loved and it. I loved that. I'm going to say for one, I'm so happy about this, so maybe Leo will hate me less. Maybe he can, like, put his hate towards you a little bit more now. For <laughs> me? Listen, yeah, I, didn't Black Black Panther Panther I didn't put Black Panther on the list. I put Annihilation. I feel like that could be forgiven. Uh, I, just didn't li- you know, I just didn't like Annihilation. But, again, it, it was on our top best list so it's it's for some people they really enjoyed it for some people they really didn't enjoy it maybe I gotta go back and watch it again and I will admit that there were some scenes like the boar that were terrifying but I just in the end I just thought it was weird Brittany have you seen Annihilation 
I have not, but I feel like for like now that y'all are both at like a crossroads on it, I'm like, great movie, bad movie. I feel like I need to watch it and be like, okay, I'll come back to you next time, tell you who wins out on this, because I, I like some weird shit like that. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the bore, like mimicking women's voices, because I'm easily spooked, because I'm a child, no, don't, and so don't. I don't know about that one. Don't watch it with the lights off. That's all I'm saying. That shit was terrible. No, no, no. That's the best way. No. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to be like hearing women scream at night and be like, oh, God, it's going to get me. It's not even just like women's screams. It's like because she was dying. Like there was one girl who he was literally, because it, it's a boar, right? But with like a skull type of face or something. And it's and it's eating her to death. So just imagine, like, those, like, painful, like, gurgling, like, horrifying screams. And when it opened its mouth, that's what it imitated. And it was like, what? The f- ah! I didn't, I couldn't even. I was like, this is terrifying. I need to, like, walk away from this now. And I watched it in the dark, and I was terrified of our house. Wait, I'm, like, looking it up right now. I'm, like, looking up because I want to see what this creature looks like. I'm, I'm, was, nope, nope, uh-uh. I don't want to watch <laughs> it. I will say, uh, <laughs> it was not, it was not, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was fucked up. Let's just say that. I, I, I will was say like, oh, that their CGI that was pretty good. <laughs> their CGI was pretty good in that thing. I'm like, I will say that. I will say that. So, um, this is a, a torn thing, but I'm I, I'm gonna list Annihilation as number two. Um hey. and, <laughs> sorry Leo, I'm not changing that one. Um but so Brittany and I were talking behind the scenes and she really doesn't have a number one. So Leo, I'm gonna give the number one to you because you seem to have a lot on your list. And I definitely want to hear what you think is the number one worst movie of 2018. That is a loaded question. Let me look. So I've got my little notes here. I've got at least like 15. Um, let's keep, see. Keep there's, in there's mind. Keep in mind that What's we the, can definitely because we because we have time. We can do honorable mentions afterwards. I think. I think we can all agree on this one, even from just seeing the trailer. And I seen a portion of it, and I was just like, "All right, I'm I'm through." Slender Man. <laughs> oh my Slenderman. god! No. That movie, that fucking movie, y'all, was the cheesiest shit I have ever seen. I got a screener, um, like a digital screener, to see Slender Man, and I made it through about an hour of the movie and shut that shit off. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I just they're like too late. a mystery, and they're like, "Oh my God, Slenderman!" I'm like, you know what, guys? This was like a fucking internet joke. This was an internet joke, y'all. That people blew up to be this this scary story and this based on a true. It's not fucking true. Like it's it's an internet legend. It is a Reddit meme that they made into a fucking movie, into a fucking two hour movie, man. God, I love Reddit. And and honestly, like just just seeing him like on screen, I'm like, dude, he's not even scary. He's very cartoonish, very hokey. Looks 
really dumb. It looks like a children's book nightmare. Like, just like, you know, when you're a kid and you kind of just, like, have the boogeyman and you imagine him to be this kind of, like, cartoony villain look. Like, that's exactly how Slender Man looks. Um, and he's not scary. It, it just, I didn't even make it to the end, so I can't tell you guys how it ended. Um, but I just know that I wasn't intimidated at all. Um, and I know they're really trying to hype it up with all these the photos they were discovering and their friend going missing, but it just didn't help the fact that the actual entity looked absolutely bananas stupid. Like just just so fucking dumb. Like how 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 unoriginal are we that we have to reach into the internet for old dumb little scary stories that people made up and make them in the movies. I just, it was so bad. Script was bad. Acting was bad. But just overall, the entity itself was not scary. It was cartoonish, hokey, and just just stupid. Like, to me, it just, it it really helped us realize how much scrambling is going uh, going, going around in Hollywood. Like, a lot of people have, they don't have ideas anymore. Like, that's, taking a creepypasta and making it into a movie and not maybe taking one of the other ones that are just way more crazy like Jack the Ripper or Dear Abby or one of the one one of the actual creepypastas that are actually scary um, and Slender Man just looks so stupid. I'm sorry, guys. I know I keep saying that, but it just he just looks dumb. So Slender Man got to go on top for worst movie of the year. Um I had a couple others, but we you said we we're going to do honorable mentions, but I can just wait. Yeah, I don't even, like, I didn't even realize that they made that this year. I thought that was, like, a few years ago because that shit was, as you said, a Internet joke that then became, like, a game on the phone that I, you know, I knew people who, like, played it, and, like, that was one of those things. The and then I'll, I'll give it that. The game was scary, and then Brittany can remember, because we used to watch Supernatural, and they even had an episode in Supernatural, I think in, like, season eight or seven or something, that was based around uh, Slender Man. It was just called, like, Thin Man or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Supernatural is on its, like, 14th season. So if that gives you any, like, indication of how long ago it was, like, why did we now need a Slender Man movie? And I think the answer is we freaking didn't. So nope. I don't understand. Uh, Brittany, did you did you see Slender Man? <laughs> I told you. I saw so many good movies. I ain't got no time for that. No, but, like, <laughs> Slender Man... It came way too late. It came way too late in the game where it was like, hey, guys, look, look what we made. And everybody was like, we don't care. Except for maybe like the nine, ten-year-olds that are like, oh, my God, Slenderman. And they're like wanting a good, like, scare. But as for like, I don't know. I didn't even find Slenderman that scary back then. Like, I think the game was spooky just because, like, of the jump scare. But for some reason, Slenderman just isn't, like, a thing to me because I'm like, He's just walking around in a suit. Where did you get that suit? Why are you so tall? I I don't know. Why do you have ar- other arms? Like, it's just... 
Yeah, well, you got, like, like tentacles on your back. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I Like, I get it if it's, like, some, like, spooky monster, but I'm, like, I don't know why. The suit makes them less scary to me. It's more humanizing. But I was, like, it doesn't need a movie. It, I mean, in yeah. and, and you know the villain, like, where, you know, Slenderman is so easy. It's, like, you just have a man probably in a white spandex suit with a suit on. Nothing else. It's just a terrible concept that Hollywood just tends uh, to keep doing. So uh, definitely, wanted, for all of us, we agree that number one. I wanted to say to one more thing. Man. Go ahead. No, please go ahead. <laughs> I would like to make a controversial war effort to remove um, annihilation from the list. Oh no! no. Either a wrinkle. <laughs> A Wrinkle in Time or <laughs> Happy Time Murders, because I cannot have Annihilation on this worst movie list. It's like we're having like a, a what's it, a coop. <laughs> Listen, I love having Leo on this show. He's been on it a few times. This is the first time that he's on it as I'm hosting. I love having him on it. And I don't want to, like, make waves, but I'm going to keep Annihilation on this list. Oh, man. Oh, man. But you can definitely do an honorable mention or two. So I am going to go through the list. So we have our number – we have our top ten. Number ten is Pacific Uprising. Number nine is Mile 22. Number eight is Mute. Number seven is Skyscraper. Number six is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Number five is Cloverfield Paradox. Number four is Hold the Dark. Number three is Mortal Engines. Number two, much to the chagrin of Leo, is Annihilation. And number one is Slenderman. Leo, would you like to give us your honorable mention? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Brittany. Uh, I was just going to say, I think it's important to note that it's like, they may not particularly be the worst movies of 2018, but from, like, personal, like, of what we're sitting there going, man, of the movies I saw this year, what's the worst? So that's how I feel about, like, being okay that Annihilation's on there, even though I haven't seen it. It's like, it's just it's just a personal thing. It's opinion-based. <laughs> Next time I ask Leo to be on this, he's going to tell me to go F myself. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be like, nope, Tia, nope, you put Annihilation that one time on the list, and that is not happening anymore. I'm sorry, Leo. (laughs) Well, you know what, Tia? I let it slide. I was like, you know what? Me and Javon created the show, so I'm going to have to, but I'm like, no, no, I won't do that. I won't be, I won't be that guy. You won't be salty. <laughs> no, Got your soul. Would you like to give us your uh, honorable mentions for the year? I would like to say, first and foremost, thanks for letting me come on, y'all. Number two is Happy Time Murders. Just wanted to, No, I'm just fine. All right, all right. I'm off that wave. Um, honorable mentions. Let me see. I'll go, th- I'll go through the list because um, I had a good little working list of Terrible film. Uh, Welcome to Marwin. Horrible. Um, the Nun. Very disappointing. Um, had potential to be a really scary movie, but just just sucked. 
CGI nightmare, The Meg. Um, and that one was – The Meg was a movie that I – that was, like, so bad it was actually kind of good, but it was bad. Like, it doesn't excuse it for being a shit movie. Like Sharknado? Um, yeah, like Sharknado. Yeah, very, very much like Sharknado. There was funny little, like, Jaws references in there. Like, there's a scene where a dog's, like, swimming in water and a shark comes up behind it. And like, oh, Jaws reference. Uh, but it, it was just so bad. It was it was kind of funny. Um, let's see. Miles Link 2 made it on there. Ready Player One. <sighs> Terrible. Really? People I liked mean, that. They did. And it was based off of the book that I read. And it... <sighs> It just, in terms of like adaption, it doesn't really do a very good job at all um, of adapting mm-hmm. the book to the movie. The whole like three keys thing was kind of stupid. It reminded me of that episode of uh, Annie Phantom when they were in the video game world collecting the ghost keys. It was basically just the exact same thing. Um, so that one, let's see, that that was it. I think that those oh, we've got, you said Happy Time Murders, huh? Yep. Yeah, Happy Time and A Wrinkle in Time. Really? I felt like people liked The Wrinkle in Time. I heard, like, good feedback about that. I mean, it Let me Oprah tell you about it. A Wrinkle in Time. It has Oprah, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon, and Mindy Kaling, and they're, they're all wonderful. I, I will say I liked them, and then when they're gone, that's when the movie just suffers suffers, man. Mm. Well, I guess the, the the lesson there is keep 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 the girls in. But I, I don't know. I keep heard the, good things about it, but huh? Keep the strong cast like in the movie. Like keep them in the movie to guide these kids that really don't have any idea what they're doing. Um, I, I, I don't want to dive too deep into details because I don't want to hog the time but I will just say this it had a lot of magical potential and it just kind of all shattered within the middle of the film uh, that, that's all I'm going to say alright well I will definitely keep that in mind I'm not sure if it's something that I'm going to ever watch just because I'm just not into like fantasy like that but uh, definitely nice honorable mentions there. Brittany, do you have any honorable mentions? I know that we gave your number one slot to Leo, but if there's anything, and you can't, you cannot say Black Panther. Okay, I'm just going to tell you that right now. You cannot say <laughs> <Please> don't. <laughs> the only reason I said Black Panther, because I, I, like I said, there's so many movies I saw this year, and the only one, and it wasn't an awful movie. It wasn't a bad movie. It was actually a good movie, but it was boring to me personally. So don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm not going to ever be able to show my face again. I'll be like, don't ever say my name on here again. People are going to hunt me down. I need to be safe. Just to let everyone know who's listening, she lives in Arkansas. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. They're going to be like, of course she hates Black Panther. They're going to find you, Brittany. They're going to find you. Um, Oh, no, I'm sweating. Help me. Um, yeah, I'm asking Juwan for uh, an address to mail you a package. Oh uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. You can send it to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, my God, guys. Um, my honorable mentions here are, again, Netflix movies, because that's apparently all I saw this year. Uh, How It Ends, I didn't like. Um, the Package, which was the dumbest shit that I've watched yeah. ever. And, Is that the one with um, Michael Eklund? Yes, yes. Where I love that their, man, but Jesus. Oh, my God. Someone gets, like, their dick cut off. It's, like, just a mess. I'm not going to go into it. And then uh, another honorable mention, because, and it wasn't, like, so terrible, but I think it needed a lot of fine-tuning, was Extinction with Michael Pena. And I love that man, Michael Pena. I'm so happy whenever he gets something that's, like, focused on him. I love that he's in Narcos Mexico right now. Um, but Extinction, I think, needed just some more fine-tuning there for it to have been better. It was just a little too a little too light. Um, so those are my honorable mentions for the 2018 uh, bad movies. Uh, you know, before we kind of, like, wrap everything up, I definitely want to know, like, what movies are you guys looking forward to most in 2019? Because this is our last show before the new year happens. So we are done with 2018. We got 2019 showing up. I mean, what are your most anticipated movies? Oh, pick me. Pick me. Yeah, I'm like, pick I'm you. Like, All right, ladies <laughs> first, Brittany. <laughs> I want to see Glass so bad that it hurts. Like, if I literally had a button that would take me forward in time, I would just take it because – I was obsessed with Split, and then I was like, you know what? Let's go watch Unbreakable. And even though, like, it could have, like, a better, like, kind of wrap-up to the end, I just think Glass is going to be amazing. It's everything I needed. I just need the continuation of it. Yeah, that definitely looks like a great movie. It's really just, I mean, you have great stardom there, great stardom. Um, Leo, what are you looking forward to most in 2019? Oh, man. So I wanted to throw throw y'all through a loop a little bit and just kind of dodge the blockbusters because I know we're all excited, very excited for Captain Marvel, Avengers, like very, very excited. Uh, and for Glass, I mean, uh, wow, that that one goes without saying. But um, I, I'm really excited for a couple of different movies that are coming up in uh, January and February, or, or I think this one's in March, uh, Chaos Walking is coming in March and that uh, has Tom Holland in it. Um, and it, it's like a sci-fi based on a novel. It uh, looks like the synopsis is right here. A young man living in a colony on another planet who believes all women have been killed by a virus. So he meets a mysterious girl who may hold the key to the planet's secrets. So I just really, I've seen a couple of uh, photos of that film and it looks really good. And then Serenity is another one with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Anne Hathaway in it. And, like, Matthew McConaughey ran away to become a boat captain because he was um, involved in some really shady stuff with Anne Hathaway, who's his ex-wife in this movie, and she comes back and tries to get him to murder her husband. Uh, So I'm really really looking forward to that one. Um, Us, Jordan Peele, and that that, uh, trailer that dropped on Christmas. Um, like I just love the message of um, you know you're your own worst enemy and how he's bringing bringing that to life and personifying 
like those people as themselves. I think it's just such a brilliant idea and I'm really excited for it. Uh, Joker, really excited for that one. Um, mm-hmm. Can't wait to see what uh, Phoenix brings to the role. And also, uh, ah, there was one more I had, but I'm just, I feel like I'm getting a little too chatty, but Aladdin, Lion King, definitely excited for those. And uh, yeah, just a slew of good stuff coming up next year, y'all. A slew. We have so many good movies coming up. And as you said, I want to avoid the big blockbusters. It's obviously Captain Marvel, Avengers, Spider-Man. We're all looking forward to that. I love that you mentioned Joker just because that's going to be a great film. Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it, just everything I've seen so far. It With us, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was looking right now like, okay, movies that are coming up in 2019. And I saw that trailer. I literally ran to the bathroom at my job to watch it. And, wow. Like, first of all, Jordan Peele, not to get too much into it, but Jordan Peele, for someone that we only really associate with comedy, for him not only to deliver on Get Out, but this movie, Us, just looks terrifying. It looks so good. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm super excited for that. And then um, I know there are a lot of other movies coming up that are like blockbusters, like Adam's Family is coming back out, uh, Wonder Woman, 84. Like, there's going to be some good ones, another Kingsman. What do y'all think about yeah. Son- that Sonic the Hedgehog stuff that's going around? Oh, no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> They just need to give up on Sonic. Just let him die already. Take him off of life support. I just... <laughs> oh, God. It's so terrible looking. It's so bad. And then they're like, oh, Jim Carrey's going to play Mr. Eggman. And what we've seen, like, what is... It's like you've got a human body, and it looks like... It looks like Dead Mouse, you know? They just put a giant freaking, like, you know, costume head on him. And you got the weird, like, hairy muscle legs. And I'm like... Did we need a movie? No, we did not need a live-action movie. This is Sonic. This is Sonic. We and he's voiced games. by the guy. He's voiced by the by the guy who plays John Ralphio in uh, Parks and Rec. If y'all have watched that show. <laughs> no, no. He's the worst. I mean, is that why Sonic's always running to keep his massive head focused and balanced up on there? <laughs> oh my god. Are we gonna get um uh, oh my god, who was his sister? Uh, Mona Lisa. Are we gonna get Mona Lisa in on Oh this? my god. Oh, she can Amy. She probably plays Amy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, terrible. Sonic's definitely gonna make when we do the two thousand and nineteen worst movies, that's definitely gonna be on it because there's just no reason for that. At all, like no reason. Oh, for very real. honorable mention. By the way, super excited for Men in Black International. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. What? Oh no! Oh my! Oh Tia! Oh Tia! Oh come on, Leo! Why are we not on that the looks, same page this That looks just terrible. And I'm like, they wanted oh. to sprinkle in Liam Neeson to try to save the day. No, y'all, like they. Give them their own series. They deserve their own series. Why are we beating a dead horse, man? Like, come on. We, 
and, and men in black, they, they've been international. So why is it called men in black international? As if this is something that I, I, I've got a lot of, I'll save that for another day because I've got a lot of issues with how that looks. It just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you liked it, but it screams uh. Ghostbusters and Ocean's 8. And that the problem is they're giving all these strong women, these great casts, these men-led franchises, and it just, I'm sorry, it doesn't mesh well because they're trying to revive a series that was already dead. I mean, just let's get our let's get these great, great casts onto a, a franchise of their own so they can start something great. I just, reviving a dead one already, just, I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, it's. Dang, I, Tia, gonna, he's going in back. on you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, go in on you specifically. I just, that's my problem with the reboot and stuff. I, I'm sorry, Tia. I, <laughs> it, it's okay. It's okay. But I just love it for the fact that, for, like, and not to go too into it because that's not the type of show, but Tessa Thompson and Chris Hunsworth had such great on-screen chemistry in Thor Ragnarok, and I love the fact that they're bringing them both back in. I don't even care what franchise it is. As long as they're together in this, like, buddy cop-like type of uh, movie, I just love it. Like, Tessa Thompson is the epitome of, like, fashion. I'm sorry. I have such a lady crush on her. She is so, like, just sharp and badass. And then Chris Hemsworth, I love that, like, they're giving him, like, comedy now because he can do it. And it's just, I don't know. Like, I like Liam Neeson, but I couldn't care less if he's in the movie. It's about Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth to me. So that's all I'm going to say on Men in Black International. Um, I think it's a great list, even though there are some uh, disagreements. Uh, I know that we still got like 15 minutes left, but I'm not going to stretch out the show and just Ooh, content. I had a question what? for y'all, though. I'm sorry. Oh, good. No, no, please ask. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I didn't. I don't know if y'all had to get going early, but I did have no. a question for y'all. Do you think that Aquaman could possibly be the turning point for the DCEU? Yes. Yes, like absolutely. Like I felt yeah. I hated Justice League. It was so bad that oh, I felt sick of it. I just shivers. hated it. And well, so my thing is, is that I'm trying to think of the word for it. And I heard that you know Wonder Woman was great, which I never got to see that one. But all and I had seen uh, Batman versus Superman, and that was awful. And I liked Superman, but I hated Batman. And so when I watched Aquaman, I was going into it like, okay, I'm just going to watch it with my dad because my dad wants me to see it with, um, you know, just daddy-daughter time. And the whole time I was like, I actually love this movie. I'm actually, I could watch this a second time and not hate my life. Aquaman definitely will be the turning point. I went to go see it. And first of all, Jason Momoa is just great. He's just great as Arthur Curry. The storyline was good. It was such a, a great decision to bring James Wan in as the director. I, the fighting scenes were good. I, As you said, Leo, the fact that there's more focused movies, and I know we were talking about that in the MCU, but I like that it was just so focused on Aquaman and Atlantis. Uh, Amber Heard was just great as Mera. 
Uh, Nicole Kidman was good. They were all good. I think that my problem with DC always is their CGI. I just don't know why it still isn't good. They're a big studio, you know, and I understand that um, Aquaman was like a big project, so obviously that took a lot. Um, I think just mostly what bothered me was sometimes Orm. It just looked like he was a head that was just put on a CGI body, which probably is what it was, but that was a little awkward looking. But other than that, I think that Aquaman is going to be the perfect turning point for the DCEU. And if they can continue this trend and they can do well with Shazam, and we already have Wonder Woman uh, 1984 coming and Wonder Woman 1 was good, I think that they are really making a good decision with this. I'm... I know that you saw it, Leo. Did you think that this could be a turning point for the DCEU? Um, my thoughts are that we got to wait for Shazam. I think it, if Shazam and Aquaman in tandem are both good, we'll see a turning point um, because that means they can do two films in a row that are good because we saw that they could do that with Wonder Woman and Justice League. Now, if they can do that with Aquaman and Shazam, I'll start to kind of lighten up a bit because I, I don't want the DC movies to be bad, but we know Justice League was just, that was a mess. And I think production-wise it was a mess too, so that had a lot to mm-hmm. do with it. Um, but I just, I liked Aquaman. I I, I will have to say I, I liked Mira, but I thought she was a little bit um, cuddly at times because I just, I think Mira is somebody who's not to be messed with and, uh, the soldiers that were with Black Manta were just, like, chasing her. And I'm like, dude, she would have annihilated these guys, annihilated them. Her comic book counterpart would have tore them up. Uh, but I agree with you. Some of the CGI was a little bit weird. Um, I like Owen suit, but I can see where you're coming from with the head. And I just, overall, though, it was a solid, good movie. You could really tell they let James Wan just have at it because, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of interference like with the other films. Right. No, I I would agree with that. My one thing is that, um, you know, as you said that Mira would annihilate those guys in the comic book, I, I do think that Aquaman at times fell into that old classic movie trope where, like, you know, the woman has to be dainty and, you know, it is Aquaman's movie and he's the badass guy. So I do think that they fell into that. That's a problem, obviously. But um, as far as, like, as an overall, I like the fighting in it. Uh, It it was good. Mm -hmm. They just let Jason Jason Momoa have fun in that freaking movie. When they did that big reveal with that crazy-ass-looking cracking looking thing and he's just sitting there like with the trident having a good ass time like they just let Jason Momoa have like the best time that he could on that movie (laughs) that's just how I felt I just feel like (laughs) I just feel like he has a good time always like he's the guy that you just want to sit down and start drinking beer with because he's that like great (laughs) Um, I mean real man crush Listen, everyone can have a man crush on Jason Momoa. It is the, it's just the reality of the situation. But I, I think that, you know, Shazam is going to be good. It, it's definitely a different tone than what we've seen for the DCEU. 
um, because we've only been focused on these, like, really dark movies that are really just brooding at times. And, you know, even Aquaman, for as light as it was at times, it still had its, like, dark brooding moments. So I think Shazam is really going to be a 180 in the DCEU. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the character. I'll admit that right now. But uh, I, I think, you know, so far what I've seen in the trailers, it looks pretty good. Any thoughts, guys? <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. I didn't know you're opening it up. I didn't want to cut in. Oh, it does look good, though. You're right. Different, very looks very Deadpool-like in humor, uh, and I'm 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 feeling that. Like let's let's usher in a blend of different like characters and genre because not all characters are different. We don't need them all to be dark. We need a couple of light-hearted, kind of fluffy characters, and I'm glad we're getting that. Like Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I mean, Spider-Man was great. I know a few people, like, my parents even were super skeptical about Spider-Man Homecoming. They're like, oh, this looks so corny. And they loved it, and I loved seeing it. I was like, this is great, this lightheartedness that we have going on. Like, you really have these, like, amazing moments to open up to some really good emotional connections and really just to get to the heart of people. I think that Shazam is going to be really uh, touching. I think that there's going to be a lot of those moments. You're obviously going to have uh, the character wondering what is it like to be a hero? I feel like that's going to happen a few times. So I I think that Shazam is going to be good. I think that Aquaman is a good uh, stepping off point to end 2018 and I think that it's definitely showing us a lot that we can look forward to in the DCEU because we know obviously that they've had a rocky start. And as you said, both of you, Justice League was just terrible. I mean, just really bad. That movie, I mean, really? I, I wanted to fall asleep. Oh, God, I wanted to fall asleep during that movie. You spoke a little about Spider-Man Homecoming into the Spider-Verse was, have y'all seen that one? I haven't I've been yet. wanting have to, but I anything? haven't yet. I haven't gone oh, yet man. to see it. It was that, good, Leah. Oh, man. I'm just going to say, like, that was the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Ever. Um, and I'm going to leave it as that. That's what I hear people saying. Um, I think it looks great, and I'm glad that we, you know, I know it's animated, but I'm glad that we got Miles Morales into a movie, and with yeah. the the po- you know, with the positive feedback, I know that we got Tom Holland. Tom Holland's like the most precious thing as Peter Parker. I always say that like I'm 28 years old, and I think like Tom Holland's like what like in his early 20s, and I'm like, can I adopt him as a child? I don't <laughs> understand if that would like work, but he's amazing. But if we could also get Miles Morales into the MDU, I mean, we already see how positive of a feedback it would be. And it would open up, like, you know, I just kind of saw this article recently where Kevin Feige, you know, saying that he wants to do more diversity in the movies because we've always had, you know, the male white lead. And so we have movies like Black Panther and Captain Marvel, and that's it. You have one, you know, person of color 
as a main, and then you have one movie that a female is going to be a main. You know, it's time to start bringing in more diversity. If they brought Miles Morales in, that would be a nice step, at least for some people, I believe, would really like seeing that on screen. I know, because so I was just sitting there the other day with, like, the original Avengers, and I was like, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Bruce Banner. I was like, oh, yeah, they they could they could use a little bit. Oh, and Thor. You look at you look at them, and it's like they all have <laughs> the same thing in common. And for the MCU to have been around for ten years with nearly twenty movies, definitely we need to see a little bit more of an expansion. That you know, with the DCEU. You know, we have Wonder Woman, we have Aquaman, we, you know, we have uh, the guy who plays Cyborg. You know, we have maybe a little bit more diversity. That's just something that these comic book movies need to work on. So hopefully moving forward into 2019, the studios can see that that's something that the audience members in their movies, personally, that's how I feel. But um, guys, we are coming towards the end here. We had our top 10 worst movies of 2018. We had a little bit of a discussion of what we're looking forward to in 2019. It's going to be a crazy year as far as movies go. Um, Thank both of you for being my guest today. I really enjoyed having both of you. Uh, Brittany, can you tell everyone, you know, where people can find you? Not in Arkansas to kick your ass, but, you know. Oh, no. You can either find me on Twitter at uh, Brittany underscore Hegel, which the Hegel is H-E-I-G-L-E. And about the same goes for Instagram or about anything else where you find me because I never change it because I'm basic like that. So, <laughs> but don't burn it out of my house. <laughs> and I was gonna say, and where... thank you for having me on this too. Oh, of course. Any time. Leo, where can we find you? Guys, you can find me on Twitter under Leo Rydell. That's at Leo Rydell. And then uh, Instagram, Leo.Rydell. And also on YouTube, you can find me through my project, Geekly Goods. And you can also find that on Instagram as well. We're half media company, half uh, online store. And we dedicate a certain percentage of every purchase to arts education. So come check us out if you guys are around. That's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. Definitely, guys, you know, look into that. And you can find me on uh, Twitter at TC, that's uh, Tango Charlie underscore start. I write frequently for Geek Vibes Nation and uh, do, you know, these top 10 podcasts. So please stay in weekly to check that out. Again, I just want to give a huge thanks to Brittany and Leo for being here. It's just a great show. I really feel like we did a good job. And so thank you again. I'm going to stop saying thank you, but Check you guys out (laughs) next year. All right. Have a good one. Happy 2019. Thank you. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye, guys.